Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. How many here, let me ask you a question, how many here have felt or feel, even today, felt recently or felt different times in your life, unworthy? Unworthy. You know, you think about the times we're living in. You think about the, the return of Christ. You think about maybe dying. Am I worthy? Am I good enough? It, would, 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 would God count me worthy? Would I be ready? How many have had those, those thoughts go through your mind? You just, you know, if you're human here, you have those thoughts. And, and guess what happens? Your mind begins to tell you something called, no, you're not. And, and your, your, your flesh begins to tell you, no, you're not. And, and someone called the devil that the Bible says is the accuser of the brethren tells you, oh, no, you're not. You're not ready. You're not worthy. But I want to tell you something this morning. None of those people I just mentioned or none of those things matter. There's somebody called God who says this morning, no, you're not, but because of my son, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Amen. Yes, you are. Tell someone next to you, because of the son, I am worthy. Now, I want to show you some awesome verses this morning. If you're taking notes, I want to talk about this. This thing says uh, redemption up there. But I want I want to and apologize. Sometimes this projector doesn't want to doesn't want to work. So we're still we're still fighting on that. But I want to talk about that says redemption. But the title is guaranteed redemption. Amen. How many like the word guarantee? Amen. That is a powerful word. I guarantee you. Now. This goes back to what we face a lot of times in life, in the world. When somebody tells us a guarantee, we, we tend to not quite believe it like, like we should because lots of times men's guarantees don't follow through, right? But I want you to know this morning that when we talk about the Bible and we read a scripture in the Word, we've got to disconnect the fact that this is not a man that can lie telling us these things. It's God who cannot tell a lie that's saying these things to us. So if God says, I have guaranteed redemption, I have guaranteed redemption. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. Now let's, let's get into this. Ephesians chapter 2. These are some powerful, powerful verses. If you're not happy right now, you're going to be happy when you leave. Verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now I could stop right there. We could pray and go home and we'd be good. But I want to give you more than that. But look what that just said. We are now alive. But we were dead. We were dead in what? Our trespasses or in other words in our sins. I want you to, I want you to think about that this morning. When we begin to understand who we were, we're right. Our, the flesh is right. The devil's right. And the, and, and the mind is right. We're not worthy. We're sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Or another way of saying that is all have sinned and all fall short of the standard of God. That he, he's too, if we tried today to reach up to him on steps and tried to be a good person, and, and those are great, great things. We should be, we should be better people. We should be more loving. We should be more giving. We, all those things should never stop. But that can't get us there. Because it can't pay the price of our iniquity, of our sin, of us falling short of the standard of God. But he says, we were dead. And I love the fact that it's past tense. Can you say amen? amen. How many are thankful it doesn't say you are dead? Amen. It says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. In which, verse 2, you once walked. 
according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works, look at this, who works in the sons of disobedience. We are not sons and daughters of disobedience. We're sinners. We fall short. We fail. But we're not sons of disobedience. We're obedient. We're trying our very best to obey the word of God. We're trying our very best to do what God is asking us to do. Is anybody trying that this morning? Now, at the same time, we realize I'm failing. I'm not good enough. I'm not, go- I'm not ever going to be good enough in, in my eyes or enough for God to accept me on that, on that place. But what we have to do going forward here as we read this is we've got to get to the place where we, and I love what Dwayne said at prayer, we speak the word of God back to God. When you are down and you are being attacked in your mind and, and, you're, and you're feeling some kind of way, don't go talk to somebody, don't go uh, gossip, don't go cry, don't go whine. Go to the source. Go to the Word of God and begin to find a promise there and begin to say, Lord, I believe that your Word says and begin to read something to Him. Go there and read what we just said. I'm made alive, God, in you. I was dead in my trespasses. I used to walk that way. I used to be on the course of this world. I used to be a son of disobedience, but God, I believe. That's why yesterday I made a post and I said, I got a confession to make. I just want to confess every day. I want to make sure I'm confessing to myself. I want to make sure I'm confessing to the world. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and He died on the cross for my sins and He rose from the dead. And because of that and that alone, I am guaranteed redemption. Come on. Did you hear what I said? That's a good thing to confess every day. That's what saves us. Nothing else. That confession, that belief is what saves us. Let's read on. Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. That means we need to make that past tense. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children, watch this, children of wrath. I want you to underline that. I want you to understand what we are without God. Children of wrath. Sons of disobedience. You know why I'm reading those verses? You know why I want you to see those and hear those? Because if we don't understand how bad we were, we can't understand how good God's redemption is. Did you catch that? If we don't re- realize how wicked, you say, man, why are you calling me wicked? Why are you call-? Because we are. We are. And we could take the most holy person in this place, the person who, who if, there, if we could do some kind of way to, to find out and put a name up on it, this is the person who sins the least. There'd be somebody, there'd be somebody in here who sins the least. There has to be. There'd be somebody who, but they'd still sin. But we could put that person up, we could give them a prize for being good and being really disciplined, but it still would not be good enough. They would still have to understand that even on our good day, Isaiah says in 66 chapter, my righteousness is what? Filthy rags. So, so if I continue to think, how can I line up with God's standard on my own? That's where we get in trouble. Whenever, and I'm talking to myself too, I want to remind you again, just because I'm a pastor and just because I've been saved for 25 years and just because I've been in the ministry this long, don't think, I don't think these things. Don't think I'm like, oh, I got my ticket, I'm good. The devil fights my mind real bad. He fights me all the time. He tries to tell me I'm not worthy, and I have to fight too. But I've got to remember, yes, you're right, I am not worthy in my own power. But when I begin to look to the cross, when I begin to remind myself 
and God and the devil that my salvation is not in me. It is in, it is in God. That's a powerful thing. See, our dependence this morning is not on somebody else. Thank God. Our dependence is not on us. Thank God. i got to move on. I'm never going to get through this. So it says, we were by nature children of wrath. I want you to remember that just as others. Now watch this. I want you to say this, but God. I love that, but God. If you ever heard somebody quote that, it's an awesome quote, but God. But, you know, what does that mean? That means I was on a course of disaster, but God stepped in. I was going to die in my sins, but God came into my life. I, I, was, I was on my path to hell and destruction and eternity separated from God, but God stepped down from heaven, somebody, come on, and came down and lived a perfect life on this earth and became sin for me. Although he knew no sin, he became it for me. So it says, but God, who's rich in mercy. Now I want you to think about that for a second. I don't think, by the way, I don't think I'm going to get through this. Every time I read something, I just want to stop. I can make a message out of all this. He says he's rich. Now think about how rich God is. Amen. We're not talking about Bill Gates this morning. We're talking about God. Amen. Bill Gates' money looks like, like nothing compared to what God has in riches. And you think about, I mean, think about it. Not to be cliche, but he, he, doesn't, he paves out of gold. People always flaunt the, you know, gold toilet or whatever. Well, God puts gold on the streets. Okay? So, like, that's, that's what we think. Oh, wow, gold. He paves the streets with gold. He's rich. He's what we call filthy rich. And what, look what this says. But he's rich in mercy. Can somebody thank God this morning that he is rich in mercy? In mercy. Listen, we need to fall in love with mercy. We need to fall in love with God's mercy and say, God, if it was not for your mercy, where would I be? Now go on. Because of his great love with which he loved us. I told you these good some verses. Gives him good verses. With his great love in with which he loved us. Look at this. Even when we were dead in trespasses. Made us alive together with Christ. And look at this. By your good works, you have been saved. By grace. Don't let somebody tell you that good works will save you. Listen, that does not take away. See, that's the other error. Because we're saved by grace, we feel like we don't need to do anything. Wrong. Because the fruits of my repentance should be works. That makes sense? The fruit of my repentance, meaning my life understanding how graceful God has been, should cause me to want to do and serve and give and help and love and do all these things because God is so good. But it, I cannot go back to thinking that I'm good because of me. It's only by grace. So when I begin to think in my mind, am I worthy? No, but by grace I am. Now, I haven't even got to the best part yet, but how many, how many are feeling it so far? Amen? Amen? This, is, this is good for the bones right here, the spiritual bones. This is good, this is good food right here. Now, I want to I have Chris put something up real quick. It's this thing I posted yesterday. I thought it was so cool. It's not, it's not new, but I love it. This is just, I, I almost wanted to name the messages, but this is so powerful. And I'm sorry if you can't see it real well over here. Look at this. This is the truth. This is the truth right here. The gospel. How many like movies? Let me see your hand if you like movies. 
The greatest movie ever was written by God. And, and it was called The Gospel. And the gospel is simply this. It's the only story, movie, whatever you want to call it, where the hero dies for the villain. The, the, the hero always kills the villain in the movies. And we're like, yes, the, the villain died. Are you with me? Everybody loves to see the villain die in the movie because we don't. We, everybody wants it out. Everybody wants the villain to die. We're like, that villain's got to go, man. We got, and we were like, we want to jump in the movie and become the hero, right, and kill that villain. Here's the problem. You and I are the villain. That's the problem. So rewind the movie. Don't want the villain to die anymore. Right? Isn't that how we are? Oh, that person's the villain. No, I'm the villain. Can you grasp that this morning? I'm the villain. I am wicked. And instead of coming and killing me like I deserve, he took my place. What a story. What a story, church. What a miracle that God would, would, instead of coming down and giving me what I deserve, because the Bible says, listen, his word says, the wages of sin is what? Death. That means that if you sin, what happens is you die. Period. And I didn't say it, and you didn't say it, and the world didn't say it. God said it. The wages of your sin is death. But God. Because he says, but God, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. So I have to understand, I am the villain. I know that sounds weird, but you're not going to appreciate the redemption of God. You can go ahead and put, put back redemption. You, you're not going to appreciate redemption until you understand that you're the villain. How many, how many grasped that this morning? Now, you've gotten kind of quiet and serious on me since I called you a villain. Amen? You don't like that, do you? But we are. See, I don't mind if you call me a villain because it helps me realize that's who I am without Jesus. If we pull away the blood of Jesus, if you take away the covering of the blood of Jesus, you and I are villains. You know why we're villains? Because we've stole. Because we've lied. Because we've cheated. Because we've committed adultery. Because we, all these things, and not just, not just in our actions, but in our minds. If you pull away all the things, and, and, and you know, that's the, that's the amazing thing about the Ten Commandments, is when you start realizing, I love how Kirk Cameron does that with that, with that, uh, with that um, witnessing tool, where he gets people to realize, have you ever said a lie? Yes, of course. Have you ever cheated? Yes, of course. Have you ever stolen? Anything? Yeah, they've realized, yeah, I'm a sinner. It's to get us to understand, we, we can't understand redemption unless I understand I'm lost. That's how I understand I need to be redeemed from something. So it's not an attitude of, am I good enough? It's no, I'm not good enough, but I'm worthy of his redemption. So if you're a sinner, you're a candidate for redemption. And that's good news. Let's, let's close this part here. So let's, what did I read last? Five? Yes. And raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. For by your works, you have been saved. Grace. Grace. For by grace, you have been saved through what? Now that you have to do. That's the only part that's your part. That's the part that that's, that's us. I have to believe. 
And I want to hit this home for a second. It's not, I didn't say you have to say it. You have to believe it. That's what you need to ask yourself every day. When, when you are being in this battle, make sure that you, you believe for reals. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Substance of things we're hoping for. That's what Hebrews says. And the Bible says without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God. So you know what happens? When I'm in a situation that's ugly and bad and the devil's fighting me and things look ugly and I, and I lift my hands like Dwayne said, and I lift my hands up to Daddy and I say, Daddy, listen, this looks really bad, but I trust you. Can you pick me up real quick? Just the fact that I lift my hands and look at him, it makes him happy. It makes him happy. Amen. Have you ever seen a parent that doesn't want their kids to come up to him and hold him? Have you ever had a parent that just, that de- no, no, parents gonna, no good parent's going to deny that? Because that kid is saying, hey, I know where to go for protection. But we have to realize that he's there for us. We have to realize that he's waiting for us, that his grace, but through faith. I haven't seen Jesus. I haven't touched the nail scar in his hand. I haven't touched his side like Thomas did. But I know he's real. I know he's real, and I believe it. Amen? You ask yourself that question right now. Do I really, really believe? I hope the answer is yes. I hope the answer is yes. And, and you need to, not religiously, but relationship-wise, you need to affirm that to God every day. Right? That's why he says, he says, by the confession of my mouth, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does it say? And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Now, let me push through this so I'm never going to get to where I really... Let me read something to you. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me finish this. One more verse. So, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What a gift. Now, how many like gifts? If, you're, if you don't like gifts, you're lying. Repent right now. Everybody likes gifts. Some like them as surprises. Some like to know they're coming. But everybody likes gifts. Amen. We like gifts. Well, he's the best gift giver. God is the king, amen. You've ever had someone that's good at giving gifts? Can't touch God, man. God is the best gift giver, amen. He, is, he does so good at giving gifts. And it says, uh, he says, you're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. Not of works, lest what? I want you to stop here. I want you to get this. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The reason we can't be saved by works is because we can't get up to heaven and be in the spirit of God, be in the presence of God and be like, hey, see what I did? See why I'm here? Nobody in heaven is going to do that. That's why the Bible says every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because when we get there, church, we're going to fall to our knees. And we're going to realize how unworthy we are to be there. Amen? We're going to realize how, 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 where we should be. And we're going to say, God, thank you so much for saving me, the wretch that I am. The villain that I am. Thank you for being the hero that died for me. Now, again, I'm not taking, you don't, don't stop doing works. We should be doing works. Those works will be rewarded. Listen again. Those works will be rewarded. You ever been to a, to a banquet or to a celebration of sports or anything and didn't get a trophy? It's not fun. It's fun to get called up. And the best player is, and the leading scorer is, and the best team. And that's, that's awesome, man. When they call your name and you come up, don't be that person that's just like, I just want to be on the team. 
That's good that you just want to be on the team. But I promise you, when you get to heaven, you're going to want some rewards. So work for those. But the, the works we do on this earth are not for reward here. They're for reward there. And so don't, don't be st- dormant on that. But the works that we do on this earth are not to get us there. Because they can't. The works we do are for reward, but our salvation comes through faith in Jesus. Now, go back real quick to chapter 1. And I want to get to what I really wanted to preach on for just a few minutes. Guaranteed redemption. These verses just blessed me so much. And I want to read what the word redemption means. Let's start in 7. It says, in him, capital H, who is that? In who? Huh? Christ, in Jesus, in Him, we have redemption through what? His blood. Okay? In Him, now this is really the text of the message I wanted you to see, but I want you to listen to what the word redemption means in the dictionary. Here's what redemption means. The action, this is, this is the dictionary, the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. The action of being saved from sin, error, or it's not a Christian dictionary. It's the dictionary. So that says from sin, error, or evil. Evil. No one, you don't like when people, hey, you're evil. No, we don't like for people to call us that. But we're evil. We're evil people. We're the villain. Without Christ, we're the villain. And so he says, the action of saving from being, uh, the action of saving or being saved from sin or error. Then it says, listen, the, this is really cool, the second part, the action of regaining possession of something in exchange for a payment. The action of regaining something in exchange for a payment. Doesn't that, doesn't that show the gospel right there? Why regain? Because if we go back to the garden, this life we're living right now was never God's plan. Are you all still here? You're not falling asleep on me, are you? Think about it. That, that, that was, this was never God's plan. All this destruction, all this pain, all these problems, all these things was never God's plan. God's plan was good. God's plan was perfect. If you try to go that way and you try to go that place and you try to say, hey, you know, God intended, he planned it, he knew it. God knew it, but God didn't plan it. God knew it. God didn't plan it. God's plan was good. Guess who, guess who messed it up? The villains. Isn't every movie really good till the villain comes in and messes it up? Right? Come on. You can't have a hero without a villain. But God didn't really, I don't think God wanted to be the hero. He just wanted us to have good kids and love us and have a great garden and have a great life. He, that's just, that was his intention. But the villain became Adam and Eve because they what? Disobeyed. So we have to understand that now because of Adam and Eve, we're in their bloodline. And so I'm born into sin. I'm born the villain. I'm a villain. I'm lost. Now, you might not like the word villain, but the dictionary says evil. So evil or villain, whichever one you want, whichever one sounds better. Hey, man, lost unsaved, wretched. Remember Ron Canoli, he was a singer. He'd, 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 uh, 
He'd be singing next to his mom. And I love the song Amazing Grace, but a lot of the songs they used back in the day, words we don't use anymore. And it's, they're singing it real loud, and he was a great singer. And he's next to his mom, and he's looking up her, and that amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. And he tapped her on the shoulder, and he tapped her on the dress and said, Mama, what's a wretch? Are you a wretch, Mama? And she just said, shut up and sing, boy. <laughs> We're all wretches. What's a wretch? A villain? A sinner? Lost? How many are understanding that when we look in the mirror and see how much of a villain I am and how lost I am, it makes redemption so much more amazing. So much more powerful, amen, than, than going the other way around and, and trying to act like I'm good enough. Because I'm not. Be real with yourself. Be real with yourself. I'm not good. I want to be good. My flesh, my spirit inside of me, want, my, the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's a battle every day. Listen, if you don't believe that, the greatest writer of the Bible ever said, I, Paul, he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Now, he wasn't condoning doing those bad things. He was making a statement. As long as we are on this earth, we are going to have to battle with the flesh and the spirit. We're going to have to battle with the hero and the villain. And we're going to have to make sure that we say, I know I'm the villain and I need a hero. I know I'm lost and I need a savior. I know I'm bad and I need forgiveness. We've got to continue. It's not to keep us down. God doesn't want to keep us down. It's the devil that wants to keep us down. But what the devil wants to do is get us to think that we're self-righteous or we're good enough or we've reached. And this is the problem with anybody that's been saved for quite a while. We can become just like the Pharisees and Sadducees. And we can begin to become ritualistic. And we can begin to make sure, hey, I'm, you know, I went to church and I did this and I didn't. Listen, this can happen in marriage. This can happen in relationships. It can happen in friendships. It can happen in so many things that you just get so used to doing things that you go through the motions and you lose sensibility. Amen? So sometimes God will allow that storm to come in and shake you up a little bit so you realize again how dependent you are on his redemption. In him, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Let me tell you something. If you, if you get down, go read Ephesians 1 and 2. Man, this is like, like the Bible says that the, his words are like medicine to our soul. This is like medicine, man. And when you start feeling like you're not worthy, just say, you know what, devil, you are. But let me just, re you know, if the devil's hanging around like a fly, you want to squat it? If he's hanging around, pick the Bible up and start reading it. And oh, he'll leave real fast. And read it out loud. He hates the word of God. He hates it. Yes, devil, you know what, I'm a, you know what, you're right. I am so unworthy, but... In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom. And by the time you get about five words in, he's out. He's out. He ain't trying to hear it. But instead of doing that, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right, yeah. Man, I am unworthy. Oh, and, and the more you listen, the more you go down, and the more you get beat up, and the more you get to a place so hard, it's hard to get up from there. Get in that word. Jesus did it. Jesus didn't use his own power. He said, the word of God says. Now, as I close, I want to read one more thing down here. I've got to find it in what verse. I'm going to have to push forward a little bit. Uh, I read 8. Let's read this real quick. You still there? 
Let's read this real quick, and hopefully I don't stop. Having made known, verse 9, to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. Watch this. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Oh, that's a good word. Oh, if anybody's ever, ever got an inheritance of any kind, amen, that's a powerful word. He says, we've obtained in him an inheritance, being predestined. Another word for that is being chosen according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You're still here? Don't get bored by reading the word. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. And we're at these last two verses. In him, you've trusted, you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Listen, in whom also, having believed, this is powerful, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. You know what sealed means? It means, listen closely, it means nothing can penetrate it. Nothing can get in there and ruin it. Sealed. Say that with me. I am sealed by God. See, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you become redeemed, Jesus doesn't pull it back. Jesus doesn't pull his redemption back. Jesus is not going redeemed, unredeemed, redeemed, unredeemed. Yes, no, no. When he does something, he does it good. The only way, listen closely, the only way we, we come out from under that seal is if we choose to. We can push that seal off and God, I, we'd have to say, God, I don't want it anymore. I'm done. That's the only way. But other than that, we're sealed. Does that get anybody excited in here? Sealed. So if we're talking movies and villains and heroes, it's that thing that goes around that nobody can get into. It's that shield. It's that, I don't know whatever the word there is there. It's, huh? Somebody help me. All you, all you, all you Marvel people. The Green Lantern, the force field. Yes. Amen. We're sealed from all the enemy and all. Some of y'all got excited right there. Yeah, the force field. How many villains I got in here? I'm a villain. I was a villain. And the hero came and died for me. Watch this, last verse. Verse 14. Let's read the last part of 13 again. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the, watch this, guarantee of our inheritance. Now, guarantee. Guarantee. I guarantee. What a great word. I guarantee you redemption. Somebody let that get in there. I guarantee, I'm receiving it, Lord. Lord, I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that. I am guaranteed redemption. Ooh, that's powerful. Why? I'm guaranteed redemption of inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Here's what guarantee means formal promise now remember not a promise from a man not a promise from a company a promise from God the Bible says his promises are yes and amen 
I know it's hard. I, I struggle with it too. I know it's hard for us sometimes to differentiate God from people and situations and God can't lie. God doesn't break promises. He's perfect. He, listen, here's the thing. Remember, there's only two things God can't do. And that sounds crazy. That God, what can't, there's two things God cannot do. The limitless God that we serve, there's two things he can't do. He can't lie and he can't fail. Oh, that's powerful. The limitless God is limited. He's limited that he can't lie. Can't. If he wanted to, he couldn't. It's not in him. He doesn't even know how. He can't. And he cannot fail. So we're not talking about a, a person in our lives. We're talking about God. Did anybody see the sun this morning? Was anybody up early enough to see the sun? I was driving up here, and, and I saw the sun over there by TWU Buildings. It was almost the size of the TWU building. It was so, I got a picture. It was so huge. How can you look at that sun and not realize that's the one who's guaranteeing me salvation? Come on, somebody. That's the one. Not some person, not some president, not some athlete. The one who's pulling that sun up and holding it in his hand is the one who guarantees my redemption. So it says, a formal promise of assurance that certain conditions will be fulfilled, especially that a product will be repaired or replaced if not of a specified quality and durability. So the, the funny part is that of that first part, I don't like that that, that much because how many have ever had a warranty that was horrible? See, guarantee and warranty are two different things. I mean, I hardly ever had a, a warranty that warranted anything. So it seems like whenever you need that warranty, some kind of stipulations there. But see, a guarantee is different. Because listen to what guarantee says. A formal pledge to pay another person's debt. Or to perform, this is so good, to perform another person's obligation in the case of default. In the case of default, guess what? That's us. We default all the time. We fail all the time. We, we fall short all the time. We, as hard as we try, and does, don't stop trying. Don't stop trying. Don't stop living holy. Don't stop living right. This is not a, a, a license to sin. That's not what we're saying. But when I fail, when I fall short, He has performed the obligation for me already. And where I fall short, He picks up the difference. Where I fail, He's there pick, he, he, he doesn't let me get to the ground. Father, we thank you for the gospel, for the words this morning that tell us that you died for us while we were yet sinners. As heads are bowed in this place and eyes are closed and the Spirit of God is here, He's here this morning. I, I sense His presence. I sense his power. I sense his love. I sense his, his redemption in this place. How many listening to my voice could just in your spirit say, God, thank you so much for speaking to me today and showing me how much you love me, that while I was still a sinner, you died for me. And not only did you, did you die, you died perfect. Perfection. You died perfectly. You died 
wholeheartedly. You died in a way that I cannot fail if I put my faith in you. And I'm sealed. Listen to that word this morning. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're guaranteed by the Holy Spirit that you have eternal life, not because of anything that you can do to be good enough, but because Jesus paid the price for you and me. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who conceals his sin will not prosper. But, if you, but they that confess them and turn away will receive mercy. Hosea 5.15 says, I will return to my place until they admit their guilt and turn to me. For as soon as trouble comes, this is interesting, my dad said that at the offering, for as soon as trouble comes, they will earnestly search for me. Don't you want to be the person this morning that expresses your faith before trouble comes? You know when an earthquake happens, everybody says, oh God, help me. How about saying, oh God, help me before the earthquake? Why wait till tragedy to believe? I want to I want I want I want to be like Abraham. I want my faith to be credited to me as righteousness. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he is the king of kings. I believe he is the Messiah. How many this morning could be honest and say, "Pastor, I'm listening to you and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and I'm not saved this morning. You're listening online. Wherever you are, you don't know Jesus today. The Bible says today is the acceptable day of the Lord. I'm telling you, if you just put your faith in Jesus, He'll redeem you right now. Oh, you don't know what I've done. It don't matter. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. Sin separates you from God, whether it's a big one or a small one. You need a Redeemer this morning. And I want you to know that your Redeemer lives. He lives. How many could say, I'm not saved. I need Jesus right now. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Just slip your hand up. That's me. All over this place, I'm not saved. God bless you. How many more? Listen, I don't know your heart. I don't know what's inside. Make sure this morning that you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Make sure that you, you believe in your heart now, while things are calm, Jesus is Lord. He's, he's Lord. He's my Redeemer. He's my guarantor. He's my, he's my sealer. He seals me from the problems and the trials. Maybe you're here this morning and you used to believe in Jesus. You used to love God. You used to live for the Lord. Now you're not. You've, you've fallen away. You've, you've walked away like the prodigal son. And today you want to come home. You want to say, God, I'm tired, from, I'm tired of running. I'm going to run to your mercy. I'm going to say, that's me. God sees your hand. Let's stand this morning. This is an important part right here. This is where we just thank God. This is where we just take a few minutes to thank the Lord. Did anybody get blessed by that at all? Did that bless you? Those words bless you at all? Amen. Did they encourage you in, at all? Did you realize this morning it's not about us? It's about the hero? I hope it did. It, it blessed me. It blessed me. I know it's not about me. It's about him. Let's make him known. Let's make him known this morning. Amen. This is our time where we just take some time to let the message sink in. And we just, we just, we just pray and we say, God, 
I'm sorry for doubting. I'm sorry for allowing these thoughts to come into my mind. I'm sorry. Whatever it is. Or maybe you're here this morning, you've got a heavy heart for somebody. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know what your need is this morning. There's lots of needs. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're facing a real battle financially. I want you to know that that Redeemer lives. And he's, he's a God of a lot of money. He's a God of a lot of healing power. He's a God of a lot of redemption power. Nothing you could be going through this morning is too big for God to fix. And you can fix it in a second. I've been saved long enough to know he will come through. He can't fail. I fail, but he can't fail. And if you feel like a failure this morning, if this message to you today was like, man, this, this hit home. That was me. I felt, I felt so unworthy coming in here. If that's you, don't walk out that way. Don't walk out unworthy. Walk out happy that the hero died for the villain. Amen. As we sing this song, we're going to open the altar this morning. And as you come, I want to give you one more verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thank God because he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's open up the altar this morning as we sing this song. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever your need is this morning, just come and find a place. Pray at your seat. Just, just sing this song with us as we close out. We're, we're taking this time as a church this morning to just worship him and thank him for his redemption.